This is Included, the podcast. Conversations toward a greater understanding of the inclusive love of Jesus. Unpacking the mystery and wonder of the Word of God for those seeking an affirming, equitable salvation army for others. Thanks for joining. We invite you to take a posture of listening and exploring as we seek together the good news for the whosoever. Welcome to the very first episode of Included, the podcast. It's great to have you joining us, listening wherever you are in the world. And in fact, the two of us joining you as co-hosts today are on completely opposite ends of the globe. My name is Chris Halliday. I'm a Salvation Army officer based in Melbourne in Australia, a land that for tens of thousands of years has been been called Nam, And we acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of this land, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people, and we honour and respect their connection to their land and to the Creator God. I'm joined way up north by my co-host, Bethany Gibson. Hey, Beth. Hey there. I'm in, I'm in London. And we're recording and it's lunchtime here, but it's it's evening where you are. And yeah, it's so good to be here, Chris. And um, yeah, sending loads of love from the other side of the world. And I'm Beth, Bethany, Bethany Gibson, whatever you want to call me. Um, I am a Salvationist in London and I attend Regent Hall on Oxford Street in the centre of London. And we're both members of the Included team who for the past couple of years have been uh, facilitating conversations through webinars and online conferences and resources on the webpage, includedpage.com, to try to, as we say, facilitate conversations and dialogue for people who are interested in what it looks like, in how we can be a more affirming, inclusive, equitable Salvation Army for all people, uh, particularly those who are gender or sexuality diverse. It's an important issue, uh, Beth, and it's one we're going to hear really from the outset today in what we're listening to. Totally. Um, I'm really excited to to chat about these stories because for me personally, it's why I got involved and included. I'm an ally and um, people I love and who are dear to me, part of my family, my friendship group, a part of the um, LGBT plus community. Um, I go to a church which is right in the middle of the West End and Soho, which is the LGBT capital really for the UK. And so it's the people, it's the stories. That's why I'm here because um, I love LGBT community and um, want to give um, those individuals a platform um, to share their story, to be heard. And I really hope, if my prayer for this podcast is that more people will hear um, the stories from the LGBT community. And so today's episode is actually all about that. And we're going to be hearing the testimonies of Salvationists, uh, some of whom are active, they're officers, they're soldiers. Some of them, unfortunately, have been excluded or are not able to participate fully because of their sexuality or their relationship status. But we wanted to ground this season, this first season of nine episodes, in story because it's so important for us to understand why we're doing this, to understand that humans are at the very centre of all that we do in mission, but particularly for us at the Included team. 
Throughout the season, we're going to have some other guests as well. We're going to be looking at some great topics like what it means for us to be a part of an international army. How do these issues affect people in parts of the world where same-sex relationships aren't openly discussed? How do does this affect? How, how is this issue affected in the Salvation Army in areas where actually same-sex uh, relationships or people who are gender or sexuality diverse are accepted in society but not in the church? We're going to be talking to experts in theology. We've got a great Salvation Army theologian to help us unpack some of those biblical questions, to help us understand where is the good news in the Bible for someone who is gender or sexuality diverse. We've got great content coming up over the season. Some of them are replays of content you might have seen on YouTube, or for those who haven't seen our webinars, we'll be playing that for you. And then some of them are going to be new content with new guests. But today, we kick off with testimony. I'm interested, Beth, as you were preparing and thinking about uh, this podcast series and all that we do it, in, it included, I'm really interested in what are some of the, the questions that are present for you? What are some of those thoughts that are going through your mind as you start to think through what we're doing as a team and, and what inclusion means in the Salvation Army? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, yeah, I was listening last night. I was doing some prep. If I'm honest, I'm still working out kind of what who I need to be and what I need to do as an ally and um I think um listening was just a privilege and um and kind of knowing knowing when to give people that that encouragement and need when to kind of um just listen and not have answers um and just 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 listen um I think um I'm kind of trying to navigate that and, 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 and I'm, I'm here to learn um, and I'm here to kind of listen and to, to champion and to, to, to use any opportunity I have um, as being a, a kind of white cisgender um, sort of heterosexual woman, um, anything that I can do to kind of empower the LGBT community, um, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm seeking um, definitely. We'll jump straight in, shall we? Well, we're going to hear all the way from Leamington Spa, Kit's testimony. He's a Salvation Army officer. He's got an incredible story and he shares with such bravery. He shares with real openness. And I think not to give anything away, but what we get get a sense of is we have someone here who is so authentic and so in love with Jesus and so passionate about his calling and his mission and his life and uh, framing his identity and all that he is. Uh, so we thank in advance Kit for his bravery in sharing uh, last year and for allowing us to reflect on his words now. So let's listen to Kit all the way from Leamington Spa and we'll jump back on the other end and have a bit of a reflection and a chat. Do you just want to let us know where you are now, what you're doing now? Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, I was uh, commissioned as an officer in the UK back in July and was appointed to this wonderful call where I'm at the moment, which is at Leamington Spa um, in Warwickshire. Um, it's a really inclusive call that the, the core officers, Jess and Kelsey Pierce, that were here before, who are now back in the States. They did uh, an amazing job bringing the core on a journey. Um, I have, in my leadership team, I have a married same-sex couple and uh, two years ago the core went as, a, as one 
to celebrate Warwickshire Pride, um, where they gave out water and just basically networked and met people. Um, so I absolutely know why God has brought me here. You know, it's just a perfect appointment. Mm, brilliant. Thank you, Kit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, no, that's, that's really great to hear those, those stories of where it is happening on the ground. So um, over this, ser uh, uh, this series so far, uh, our theme is remember, renew and reimagine. And I'd like to invite you just to remember a little bit um, first to go back. Um, so you grew up going to church. Um, at, at some point you came to the realization um, that you're gay. Uh, how did your your faith, your church life, um, how did that relate with your sexuality in those um, in those <clears throat> early years? Okay, so um, I should I should first say that I managed to keep out of the clutches of the Salvation Army till I was about fifty. <laughs> so um, my my experience is very much in in other denominations. But um, yeah, I, um, I as a, as a teen, I gave my uh, life to God. I went to an Anglican church. Um, I did kind of flirt with um, Pentecostalism for a while and then went back to my Anglican church where I became, uh, at the age of 17, a, um, a Sunday school teacher and, um, you know, kind of secretary of the Christian Union, all those things that you do, and um, had a girlfriend. And, um, but there was this issue, that there, was, there was one thing that only three people knew about me. One was my girlfriend, the other one was God, and the other one was me. And I was probably the last to realize that actually I was probably gay. Um, so I think God always knew. I think Jennifer knew when I kind of told her. And um, yeah, it was, it was not a great time. I was coming out to my levels. Um, that part of my life, actually, my, my, my spirituality, my sexuality wasn't an issue. I was really discovering who I was. Um, I should tell you, because it kind of, it's, it's part of my um, testimony story that... Um, at the age of 17, I was invited to go by friends to uh, an Ian Pentecostal church and uh, bring some my friends with me. And it was a power praising healing meeting. And I thought, what a wonderful idea. And um, many people had gone up for healing. And uh, suddenly this, this pastor said, uh, you know, this invitation kept coming and coming. I've kind of got used to that now I'm in the army. Um, but the invitation kept coming and coming. And, and so eventually he said, um, the Lord's telling me about someone um, that I helped a few weeks ago who was troubled by homosexuality. And of course, at the age of 17, um, never having expressed this to anyone, and, you know, I, I got a place at university to study divinity. My life was going to be in the church. And, um, and so I went forward and um, confused, really, about what that was going to mean. And um, sadly, in a very booming voice, everyone else had had their kind of healing very quietly administered but in a very booming voice in front of people I knew, people that knew my family. Um, so this, this person basically shouted out to 200 people that I was possessed by the demon of homosexuality. Um, sorry, this is hard. And so I went, underwent uh, a deliverance um, ministry. Surprise, surprise, it didn't actually work. Um, and that's where the problem started because, um, firstly, my friends and family knew nothing about this. Um, Jennifer and I had talked about it, and um, but in the light of all that was going on, we obviously, um, our relationship folded. Um, I was thrown out of church. I was told not to come back. Um, yeah, so life, 
kind of crumbled at that point. Um, and so I basically stuck my finger up to God and said, if this is the love that you want to show, then I want no part of it. Uh, and I walked away. And I walked away into that wilderness for nigh on 30 years. Mm. So that, that was kind of, yeah, that was just the way things were, I think. Yeah. So, so in that wilderness, you know, when you left the church, or I think probably most likely uh, the church left you, mm. um, would you say that you had left God behind as well? You know, was, uh, how was your soul, uh, your spirituality during those years away from the church? Yeah. It's really funny. Um, Josh will tell you, we, we met up at Harrogate last week. We had lunch, uh, we had dinner together. And I was trying to explain to him about Harry Potter. Josh is not someone you want to talk to about Harry Potter because he has no, no idea what you're talking about. But I was trying to explain to him that uh, if anyone knows Harry Potter, that Voldemort tries to remove his soul and, and sort of stash it somewhere else. And I can honestly say for those years that my soul was ripped out of my body. Um, I had no, no spiritual dimension really at all. And I turned into someone that I absolutely didn't recognize. Um, I could never, uh, I got very heavily on, well, you know, I, I did lots of things. I was very successful. I was a performer. I'm probably the only professional drag queen that's ever become a Salvation Army officer. Um, and, um, and, and I had a great time in a worldly sense, um, but I could never equate the physical love with any kind of emotional or spiritual love. So it absolutely broke me in that area. Um, and that's something which is still healing. So I got into... Yeah, I got into um, the whole rave scene. I got into the whole chemsex scene. I ended up addicted to um, recreational drugs. And yeah, life, life literally just went down the toilet. Uh, and I don't blame the church for that, but I certainly think there's an element of that dehumanization of your sexuality and the way you're treated. Um, yeah, which makes it difficult to come out of that brokenness. Mm. Yeah, um, Paula Stone-Williams in the, la in the last session um, said something very illuminating about how um, sexuality and spirituality are both part of that, almost the same part of your brain, you know, yeah. and, um, and that's a very powerful image, I think, for us to think about when we deny um, one. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, obviously, uh, you came back to church, you know, the second R that we have in our um, series is, is about renewal. Um, so could you tell us a bit about how God got his hands back on you and, and how you ended up uh, coming back to him, coming back to the church? Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, so in the depth of all that, probably the worst part of my addiction, um, and in a very, very abusive relationship, um, I just, I can't explain to you, Josh, why. I just felt that I wanted to go back to church. And it's just that gentle nudging, that calling from God, you know, I'm still here. Um, and yeah, gradually, so I, I, I tried, I went back and sometimes I'd be off my face so I couldn't go to church, but other times I'd make it. And bit by bit, uh, and almost um, unknowingly, um, so God started to change my life around. He brought new people into my life through the church. He took other people out that were, were you know, not great influences. And um, it probably took the best part of a year before I started to feel that spiritual connection. But I just knew I had to keep turning up. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, and then I went back and, and, and slowly started to get back to the place I probably left sort of almost 40 years before. 
Um, and you know part of that story because I ended up coming to the Salvation Army much against either of our probably better judgments. Um, uh, and I remember you saying to me, I know you'll never be in the army. Uh, and when God listens, I think he's got a great sense of humor. Um. Mm. I mean, to be honest, I, I just absolutely couldn't imagine because of the Salvation Army's um, stance on many ways. I almost didn't want you coming to the Salvation Army. So so the link here is that um, Kit's mother came to our, uh, is a lifelong Salvationist. Um, and, and was it the, the corps that I was a, an officer at? Um, and so we knew kind of Kit from the outskirts, so to, so to speak. Um, uh, and, um, and I kind of, it, it, uh, Kit was involved in our Bible studies and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and my wife and I were almost desperate for him not to come to the Salvation Army. Um, and, and actually, uh, one of the greatest uh, moments, I think, was uh, having journeyed with Kit to some degree outside of the Salvation Army, um, his mum gave me an article from a local church, um, which Kit had written about his journey, about coming back to church, it was a local Anglican church. And in it, he mentioned his partner, uh, he mentioned his, his life just so openly. Um, and, and I was really touched by that, 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 you know, thank God he was in a place where he could be open about who he was and you know it's really powerful to to read that um and to see that renewal happening in kit because uh, you know um, i'd known him during that you know part of that journey of uh, returning to church um so thinking on that theme of renewal um how has has god then worked in your life since returning to church um yeah yeah well um I think the thing is, when you say yes to God, I, I often say this to people when, when we're talking about experiences, and I say, when you say yes to God, make sure you've got your seatbelt on, because it just goes stratifying, like, and he just takes you somewhere else. And he certainly did that when, uh, as you'll know, I came to the hall and gave my testimony, having prayed overnight in Leytonstone, and just felt this peace of God that I've never felt in my life. Um, and just a fulfillment and a fulfillment and a happiness, um, and really, probably as surprised as you were when God said, "Well, I'm glad you feel that way because this is where I want you to serve." And uh, and so um, joined the army back what 2015 now. I think you enrolled me as a soldier, and um, and then that continuance, that continuance of um, well, you know, now you're here and now you've been through all that. Um, you know, this is what I want you to do with your life and the call into officership, um, which now um, is just the most wonderful, fulfilling, yet just awesome time of my life. I mean, my covenant means everything to me, as you know, as it does to every officer. Um, and uh, yeah, God is faithful. God is faithful. When you give things to God, when you give up your life to God, I think he just fills it completely. Uh, and that's certainly where I am today. Um, I should just say a bit of a speak up for the Salvation Army. Um, when I went to college, before I went to college, as you know, you were part of the, of the journey, Josh. Um, there were probably lots of obstacles that could have been in the way. I think I probably was the first openly gay man to go into college. I was certainly the first openly gay man who'd been in a civil partnership to go into college. Um, and the army really did work very hard at trying to um, accommodate all of those things that, that they weren't used to. Um, college has been an amazingly supportive time. 
the officers at college, the principal, everyone have been such amazingly supportive uh, of, of things that are very specific difficulties when you are working in the army and you are uh, a gay man. So um, I have to give them a little bit of a, of a shout up there and say, I think the army is changing, even though it might not be from the top down. I think it probably is from the bottom up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think certainly um, my wife and I, uh, we were very, when, when Kit said that um, God had called him to officership, uh, I think um, we were, in many ways, we were devastated. <laughs> we were very happy that God had, uh, you know, and we could see every level of potential in, in Kit, but we were devastated in the sense of knowing the Salvation Army's stance means um, that that means a forced celibacy in many ways and we were extremely worried and, and all this kind of thing but what kid has proven is that um that god knows what he's doing and um and uh and talking to kid and hearing his maturity and his graciousness about all of this um has been a real lesson for us um and and i always go back where in any issue Jesus gives us that marker, doesn't he, to test the fruits and um, and and Kit's ministry, both in Leytonstone, um, in college, and now in Leamington uh, Spa, has been so fruitful beyond belief, which shows, um, you know, the fruit of inclusion. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, uh, you know, we still have worries um, about the future, uh, you know, and about what that that, that means. Uh, and obviously that's why many of us are here. So as we move into that that last R words that we've been thinking about, reimagine, um, you know, what are your hopes for the future of our of our movement? Um, you know, how do you hope God will use you and your ministry, but also generally uh, um, your hopes for the, the, if you could imagine the future of the Salvation Army? Um, yeah, what what are your hopes? What are you, what are your Okay, um, so Josh will know it's very rare for me to speak on this subject. Um, it's not something I feel called, I'm not called as a prophet into this situation. Um, I'm very much called as a pastor um, into the situation. And, and God has been, um, has, it's just been such an amazing journey over the last few years that um, that, that being openly, uh, openly gay and as a cadet and now as, a, as an officer, I have people coming to me who are broken and hurt by um, things that they've experienced. And so um, as a wounded healer, as someone that absolutely gets that, I can, I can go straight into that depth of, of pain and, and try and walk along and journey with people. So that is really where my ministry is. And I've always made that quite clear. Um, my hopes for the army, I mean, to be honest, the conversation we have about inclusion, we're kind of about 30 years out of date because the young people, who I have to say are leaving the army in droves because of the way that we don't include people. Um, they've already had this conversation and they're over it. And so young people, I think, as, as I, I truly hope and pray that as the young people take up the leadership reins of the Salvation Army, so the army will, will just evolve anyway. I mean, I think that's that's got to happen because people that are going to be future leaders have already had this conversation and have come out on the side of inclusion. So in, in a sense, there's inevitability of that. Um, I, 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 I would, my guess, my best guess is probably um, that over this particular issue, if we're talking about same-sex inclusion, is that we will go to a territorial stance on it rather than an international stance. And I think 
for my to my mind, I think that's as much as I could expect in my lifetime. I know that sounds a terribly negative thing to say, but the army is an unwieldy beast, um, and uh, and I think it will take time. Um, yeah, I, I just have to say, I mean, my whole um, core here virtually turn up for prayer every Thursday, and we pray inclusion, and we pray diversity, and we pray uh, community, and I think that for me is 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 where the uh, is where the emphasis has to be, you know? Um, two people, one from, oh, I can't say which is from, but one person whose heritage who's, who's, was um, very much not inclusive, who was at college, changed her mind while I was at college for two years. Somebody else who was on a journey who would have said they were non-affirming by the end of the two years was one of my strongest um, uh, colleagues, an, an affirming colleague. Um, and that's really, again, for my ministry. When I meet people, I mean, how can you not love me? I'm joking. Um, but, but when you meet people that are gay and they're godly and they're getting on with their lives and, and God's ministering to people through them, how can you turn away and say you don't belong in this church? So what we need is that role model of openly gay people to be able to come out. I know it's so hard. It's incredibly hard. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm only going to be in the army 15 years before I'm retired. I don't have a massive investment in it. Some people do, and I think they're frightened to say who they are. Um, Josh, you know people like that. I know people like that. Um, if only it could be a safe space where people could come out and say, hey, you know, this is us, uh, and this is how God uses us. And I think, you know, the army could change overnight. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think if we look at Leighton Stone, um, where I know when I first arrived at Leighton Stone Salvation Army, there were discussions which perhaps were not inclusive and affirming, but after a time of getting to know you um, and, and other people who journeyed with the core, um, I'd now say everybody, almost, you know, from all age groups, all backgrounds, um, ethnic, ethnic backgrounds as well, cultural backgrounds, um, could see through your testimony and through the way you lived your life, um, you know, the, the, the value in inclusion. Um, so, Kit, I, I thank God um, that, you know, for your friendship, for your example, for your ministry. Um, I thank him for your bravery as well in um, coming and sharing this. You know, uh, no one's interested in, in, in my, uh, you know, boring sexual past, I guess, so, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, you, you know, and so I, I can't imagine being in a position to share that kind of stuff in a, in a place like this. So I really do appreciate the bravery that you've shown in doing that and the humility in doing that. And uh, we play, pray every blessing on your future ministry, um, both to the people of Leamington Spa, but also to the Salvation Army. So um, thank you for, for sharing tonight. It really has thank been you. Uh, touching and great. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. was Kit, an incredible, brave and open testimony from Leamington Spa in the United Kingdom. It's a lot to reflect on, Beth. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'd say the second time I've listened to Kit's story and um, obviously new things came out. Um, and hmm, I just, what one, his bravery um, and you can hear the hurt that still is there, even though he's some of the things he's talking about happened decades ago. Um, I think it's a reminder that 
the hurt that is caused is deep. The wounds are deep. Um, but the the transformation in his life as well and his story is incredible. And I think we 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 praise God for that, um, that there has been a sense of healing um, and there has been a new life for him in spite of the hurt the church has caused, caused him. That was one of the first things I noted too when I was listening as well, that the, just the harm that the church has caused. And unfortunately, he as we heard, went through that deliverance ministry and we know how harmful that is. And believe it or not, you know, there's still people in our church, in the Salvation Army and certainly in other churches who are promoting this deliverance ministry, who are promoting this conversion therapy, even though we have countless stories of people like Kit who have been through this and thankfully have lived to tell the tale. Many who haven't, unfortunately. It is so harmful. He said something interesting which really stuck out to me Um and it's worth mentioning too, uh, Josh was interviewing uh, Kit, uh, who was another member of the Included team, and he was interviewing him at the time. That was the other voice you heard uh, through that testimony. But he reflected on on the love of God uh, and how that is reflected in the actions of the church. And, you know, that you, gay people, I know myself as a, as a, as a gay person, you often hear that line, love the sinner, hate the sin, you know, um, as if you can detach those two things and you can't, but also you can't detach uh, the actions of some in the church from the love of God. That That's a really hard thing to do. And when you are excluded and mistreated and, and abused by the church, by default, that affects your relationship with God. And we picked up on that, didn't we, that, 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 that it wasn't God that mistreated him. It was people within the church, but these things are so inter interlinked that that then led him into this really dark place. Yeah, I mean, there, there were specific words that stood out for me. Like he said he felt dehumanised, yeah. dehumanised. Um, and, you know, he was thrown out. He was told not to come back. His, he felt like his soul had been ripped out of his body. Like this is really kind of physical kind of, I can feel the sense that it makes me kind of my hairs go back on the back of my neck a little bit. And and if I can imagine, I can only imagine that if you go through a process where you feel dehumanized, what does that lead you to think about your creator, the person you told that has created you? Um, yeah. And I, I think as someone who is striving to know how to be an ally, um, when you hear of such hurt, my instinct is to want to protect someone from that and to not like to kind of almost put a wall around them so that no one can get to them. No one can do that thing to them again. And that they never feel that sense of feeling lost and feeling unworthy. Um, but so interesting because hearing Josh's voice, I'm reminded that I need to be careful as an ally, that my need to want to protect and love and, and comfort doesn't, have this sense of me trying to control and, and and that sense of like Josh was like well I I was devastated when I heard that you were called I was yeah. devastated I, I like no go away don't go anywhere near this 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 organization and obviously then we heard that in spite of the reality we find within our church and the wider church God works in spite of people and and the past and so I think that was a real challenge for me hearing the story is as an ally, I shouldn't be seeking to control the situation or the narrative. It is about empowering the LGBT community, the LGBT individual 
on their journey and their journey will look different. You know, not everyone has the same journey and experience of Kit as Kit. He has, he has had, it's had doors have been opened for him. And we know, unfortunately, that is not the same for everybody. Yeah. But with Kit, the right people were empowering him. They weren't trying to control the narrative. They empowered him. And, and that really has stuck to me. And, and actually, I was then reminded of um, Paula Stone-Williams and how she defines an ally. And she says, actually, better words are perhaps accomplices, assistants, apprentices, because an ally is still working from their own power dynamic. Um, you know, I will speak on your behalf. I will use my privilege my abilities to make a difference in your life and actually that thing I'm taking away from Kit's story is actually it was about giving Kit that opportunity to fly for himself and flourish and from that came the perfect appointment you know as he describes it so I'm thanking God for Kit and that story because it's it's challenged me so much absolutely and in fact um paula stone williams is another episode we've got coming up in a few weeks time so we'll be able to hear some more of that uh, our listeners will be able to hear some more of her in in about three or four weeks um you talked about the the dehumanizing and something that stuck out for me was uh, the peace that comes with reconciling one's whole self when he was able to put back together those pieces, you know, his faith, his sexuality, his identity, his calling, his part, pur purpose and belonging, when all of those things came together, the whole self, uh, then there was a real peace that comes. And of course there was. That's that's the, the what we know from the Bible. That's the Jesus story. You know, you, you give your life to Jesus, your whole life. You come as you are to the to the cross, or in our case, the mercy seat. You know, and, and of course you experience peace when you can bring your authentic whole self there. And so wonderful that Kit had the opportunity. And like you say, there are many who don't, but we, we can only hope and keep working so that more people can have that opportunity to come as their whole self and find that real peace. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I think these these podcasts are also kind of a little opportunity for people to get to know the included team a little bit more. Um, and so um, we're going to um, introduce something called Fast Five, where we kind of ask kind of five questions um, to um, and a, a host of the included podcast. So, Chris, um, as you're kind of like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to call you the boss. I know you're not the boss and you don't want to, you know be seen as the boss it is a team effort but I do look up to you um well thank you very um, much it's all right so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you that you want to be the first person to ask I'm excited to five. answer the, yeah. the first five uh first okay. I will say to yeah we, we have an incredible team at, at the included team uh from all across the world and you will get to hear from some of those over the course of this series as far north as Iceland and uh, New Zealand and way out in in America uh we we have a great team uh, and so hopefully you'll hear from some of those. And the guests too will be asking these great fast five of our guest. All right, let's yeah. go. Let's strap in. I'll stop talking. Right, here we go. Questions. Right. Here we go. So, Chris, thinking of people who are gender or sexuality diverse, where do you find hope in the Bible? Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. He's all-inclusive, uh, boundary-shifting, uh, rule changing turning protocol on its head way of loving others and when 
constantly the religious folk came to Jesus with a list of 10 rules and reasons why they should exclude, Jesus cut them completely off and said, love. Of all the commandments, the greatest of these is love. And we look at everything that we see in the scriptures through the lens of the love of Jesus. And that's where I find hope. That's great. So um, that's hope in the Bible. Where do you see hope um, in the church? That's a slightly more challenging question. Um, Look, I, I do see I see pockets of change and pockets of hope. And I'm thankful, again, for a great team that we have here at Included that's trying to harness some of that. I see some leaders in the Salvation Army, speaking specifically of of our part of the church, um, some leaders who are are really passionate about trying to bring about uh, dialogue and change so that people are no longer excluded and people are welcomed into the fellowship and able to live their authentic self in our movement, which was created for the whosoever, for all people to come. Uh, But I also see hope in the church broadly. There is some great progress in the worldwide Christian church. The Methodist church in the UK has now moved forward to inclusion. Just recently, the uh, Scottish uh, Church of Scotland Scotland, uh, has seen inclusion. In Australia here, the Uniting Church is now inclusive of of same-sex attracted people. In Europe, I mean, I I lived in Europe for a couple of years recently, and in in the town I lived, uh, Gothenburg, the bishop of the Sweden church was a a lesbian in a a same-sex relationship. The bishop, there is hope. We've shown that change is possible, and uh, I see hope there. Um, That's great. And I'm particularly interested in this next one. Um, What does being a good ally mean to you? Well, you've already touched on it, and I don't think I could say it any better than uh, Paula Stone-Williams. So I'm just going to ask you to repeat that that line again from Paula Stone. Could you do that? Yeah, it's um, less about being an ally and more about being an accomplice, an assistant, an apprentice, um, because an ally is about still working from your own power dynamic. Yep, awesome. And I will say we, we do need to invite and create spaces uh, for more gender and sexuality diverse people at the table. We're still doing a lot of talking about us. I say that as a gay man. We're doing a lot of talking about us, not a whole lot of including us. And that's really relevant in the Salvation Army. A lot of our, our boards and territorial leaderships are having these conversations. Not a lot of gender or sexuality diverse people there. Internationally, we're having these conversations. Barely a gay voice in the, in the room. So we need to do better at that, and we need the allies to do that. They're the only people. We can keep jumping up and down from the edge saying, please, can we participate? But we actually need the allies to to open the door. Yeah, thanks for that challenge. It's it's really helpful. Um, If you had one message for the Salvation Army, what would it be? There's an old chorus from the 1980s. I'm showing my age now, well, at 1990s, that said, fear not, for I am with you. Uh, Fear not says the army of the world. I should sing it for you, should I? I won't sing it. I would say, fear not. These conversations don't need to be harmful. Other churches have shown that it's possible. We've got examples across the world of core where people come as their authentic self and the, the core, the churches have grown. They've grown in depth. They've grown in number. They've grown in fruit. Don't fear. God will bless us as we allow more people to come. And when people can come as their true, authentic self, everybody benefits from that. 
Definitely. I'd also really uh, draw on kids' words, we're running out of time. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then the final question. So if you had one message for those who are gender or sexuality diverse, what would it be? You are loved. I, I wanted. To, I thought about this question. I would love to say, stick around. We lose so many gender and sexuality diverse people from the Salvation Army, and of course, the more we lose, the less of that beautiful authenticity and creativity and uniqueness we have, of, of, and that element of God's creation. So, I, I, deep down, I want to say, please stay. We're 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 working on it, um, but. I know that's not right because it's harmful. We've heard this. It's hurtful. It's damaging. Uh, so as much as I'd love that to be my my message, the message really is you are loved. You are exactly as God created you to be. And find your tribe. Find your people. Find your place to shine. And know that if you are even outside of the walls of the church, God is with you. And God loves you and you can draw close to Jesus and experience his love and his grace and his peace. I hope that these don't act as examples of the Fast Five to every other guest and and co-host that we share these with because they're actually created as the Fast Five and I've uh, given really long answers. So let's not hold this up as the example of what the Fast Five is. Thank you very much. (laughs) No, I mean, it's it's good that what comes out of your mouth is, is... really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been good. Thank you, Beth, for uh, joining me as co-host on this very first episode of Included, the podcast. And you and me are going to do this again. Oh, wait. Bring it on. <laughs> Can't wait. We've got two more fantastic testimonies. So please do uh, listen in to those, subscribe wherever you're listening to, and share the word. This is your army. This is our army. And we want the word to be spread far and wide so that people can hear the stories, can be a part of the conversations, can understand that there is a movement of people within our movement seeking to open the door so that all may come to the love, the hope, the purpose of Jesus Christ and live authentically and fully. So let's spread the word. Let's subscribe to the podcast and let's keep the conversation going around the world. Bethany, it's been awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Chat to you in the next episode. Yeah.